live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It was a wild 41-38 overtime win for Notre Dame in the season opener over Florida State last Sunday. And now the Irish are back at home today for the home opener against Toledo. A chance to play in front of a packed house at Notre Dame Stadium for the first time since 2019. But if we thought we had a lot of questions about this team last week on this show, we got a lot more. This week, welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, so glad to be with you this morning. Joined, as always, by Kevin Downey. 2.30 kickoff for Notre Dame and Toledo this afternoon. The game will not air on NBC. If you're, uh, you know, have your head in the clouds, haven't realized, the game is on Peacock. So if you don't know what Peacock is, do yourself a favor. Get the old phone out. Do a little Google search. Look it up. <laughs> find a friend. Get a teenager. Whatever. Now, I'm sure most in Michigan have figured this out by now, or at least know that it's not on. But we got listeners in Fort Wayne, yeah. so they may not realize the game is not airing locally on NBC uh, here today. It'll be on Peacock and an experiment with streaming for Notre Dame football as well. Uh, so, again, the game will only be airing via streaming today. Uh, Kevin, you ended up watching the Notre Dame-Florida State game twice uh, your initial <laughs> impressions as we head into week two. Oh, it was such a great game. Obviously, coming away with the win was really big. Um, Florida State was vastly improved, or maybe my expectations for how good Notre Dame was going to be out of the gate. Somewhere in the middle, it got muddy, especially in the fourth quarter. Everything got really exciting. Ilya Glasman on the other side of the glass as well. He'll chip in on occasion with two cents from an ND fan. On tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with the hero from last Sunday, kicker Jonathan Dorr, who booted the game-winning field goal in overtime. Dorr talks about that incredible moment as well as how his faith has grown in his time here at Notre Dame. We'll, of course, break down the matchup with Toledo, a team that is probably way better than many of you listening even realize because you're probably sitting there going, eh, it's Toledo. Uh, it's, it is Toledo. That is correct. But they are much better. Think Ball State from a couple years ago. Remember how scary that oh, was? Yeah. And they may be even better than that team. So uh, we'll also hear from the Irish on what it will mean to play in front of a packed house at home again. We'll break down <laughs> a lot of Notre Dame injuries. And we'll spend a good chunk of time in this segment breaking down what, our, what concerns us most about this team right now and what pleased us most coming out of last week. But let's start with today. It is September 11th, 2021, and this morning marks 20 years since the horrific attacks on our country. There were 9-11 tributes last night at high school football games. There will be them today throughout college football, including at Notre Dame Stadium. And Kevin, even though most of the players playing in the game today were, weren't even alive when 9-11 happened, it is hard to believe it has been... 20 years. Yeah, just the passage of time. I was a uh, graduate assistant at Ball State, and I just remember it was eye-opening that I was so involved with football that something outside of football like shook me. Like, wow, maybe I should expand myself a little bit as a person and pay attention to the world events slightly. Yeah, I was two weeks into my freshman year of college at Syracuse. Now, for those that don't realize the distance, obviously Syracuse is in New York, but it's not in New York City. Yeah. It's three hours from New York City. But even then, you have half of campus that's from 
the New York City area. area. Um, and it was it, it was a, a I remember I was asleep till typical college kid. Mm. Class at 10 a.m. on the other side of campus, and I woke up at 9.50, and I got that routine going just two weeks into college. And um, I sprinted out the door, and I remember um, a couple of the kids on the hall saying, a plane hit uh, the Twin Towers. I go, what in the world are you guys talking about? And I just kept sprinting, and it was actually a U.S. history class that I was going to. And it was plastered on, and phones are ringing during class. The professor's like, do whatever you want because people are trying to check in with family. It it was wild uh, to see. And uh, certainly, obviously, we continue to pray for all the victims of 9-11. There were four Notre Dame um, alums that were killed at 9-11. I tweeted this moments ago. One of my favorite experiences on the Notre Dame beat was the 2013 Pinstripe Bowl uh, where Notre Dame played at Yankee Stadium. Um, Mainly... Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan, so it was cool being on the field there. I, I will admit that. That was one of the reasons why it was a cool experience. I got to see family over the holidays. Yeah. But Notre Dame went to the 9-11 Memorial, and they put a little flag. They have At the 9-11 Memorial in New York, they have all the names of all the victims from September 11th. And they put a Notre Dame flag next to each of the four Notre Dame victims, and it was it was it was special to be a part of that to see that it was my first time there, yeah. um, and you got an opportunity to pray and reflect for the victims of 9/11. And again, hard, hard to believe it's it's been 20 years. Uh, this week, Irish football coach Brian Kelly was asked about remembering 9/11. Um, you know, 20 years post um, 9-11, I think it's etched in everybody's mind that that saw it on that day. And if you didn't, um, our guys, you know, it's it's not ancient history to them, even if they weren't born. They, they have um, a family member or somebody that they knew was, was part of it. You know, it, it hits close to home to so many people. And, and uh, Notre Dame in particular will have a celebration. But, you know, for a large part, we'll be in the locker room. So we, we're going to do something on social media that lets everybody know how important it is to us uh, as, as players, as coaches, as a football program, because sometimes it's like, well, <laughs> what does it mean to Notre Dame and Notre Dame football? It means a lot. That's Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly. As Notre Dame gets set to face Toledo today, and they'll have 9-11 tributes. One other Notre Dame-related note that is certainly worth mentioning Muffin McGraw the women's basketball coach in Notre Dame was originally scheduled to be on one of those flights um, yeah, I remember that story and uh, she has not talked about that much in fact it was I think just a couple of years ago she finally really talked about it for the first time um, and you know scheduling stuff and uh, pulled her off mm-hmm. so obviously I, I can imagine what these days are like for her you know thinking about the what ifs and, and everything like that so we will certainly uh as always, we always do. Um, anyone that that lives in this country, continuing to pray for all those people lost and continue to pray that as a society we move closer to peace in our world. And obviously these are difficult times in those regards. <laughs> We're not going to get into politics uh, on this show, but uh, certainly we hope that we are in a better place 20 years from now than we are today and certainly where we were from 20 years ago. And uh, I don't know how you transition to talk about football at this time, but 
that's what's going to happen on the football field, right? They're going to they're going to have a 9/11 tribute and then they're going to play football. And that's what we did 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. We 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 pushed back some days and then we played some college football that weekend and that was a very special weekend then as well and that's what's going to happen here today and when Notre Dame takes the field today there's going to be a lot of guys not playing because yeah. they got a lot of injuries all right let's go through the litany of Notre Dame injuries here for you first of all you had starting will linebacker Maris Leafau out for the season ankle surgery that was before Florida State since then Linebacker Shane Simon out for the season, torn labrum. Backup rover Paul Moala, Penn High alum. This is brutal. Out for the season, his other Achilles tendon. Mm. Uh, Paul is one of the nicest young men you'll ever meet. Uh, my heart breaks for him as he recovers now from tearing his other Achilles. Starting left tackle Blake Fisher, out eight weeks, surgery on torn meniscus. Michael Carmody will start. He played most of the second half for Notre Dame at that position. Backup tight end Kevin Bauman, out six weeks with a fractured tibia. Wide receiver Xavier Watts, moving to Rover as a result of all the linebacker losses. Wide receiver Lawrence Keyes, meanwhile, has left the team. They're down to seven scholarship wide receivers, just... Include that includes three freshmen. Wow. Logan Diggs returns from the unavailable list this week. Meanwhile, running back Sebo Flemister and defensive end Jordan Batello are remaining unavailable this week. We're not one hundred percent sure why they're unavailable. It could be COVID related, or there could be a suspension involved. We probably have a better idea on that next week because they shouldn't be out three games if it's COVID related. Um, so. Right out of the gate, Kevin, that is a <laughs> lot of injuries. It is. And, well, two specific groups are hit really hard, the linebacker group and the um, wide receiver group. And they still, to fix linebackers, had to take a wide receiver to put him over on defense. And then the starting uh, left tackle, I think that that made a really big impact in the second half of the last game for the run game for the Irish. Absolutely. All right. So now we are going to play a little game called Biggest Concerns, Most Pleased With. And uh, if you're wondering why we're not talking about the injuries more, we will because uh, Ilya is going to weigh in on his biggest concern moving forward for the Irish. Ilya, what do you got? Well, uh, mine is, uh, you know, talking about the injuries linebacker depth. I mean, we uh, this coming into this year, we talked about how that was, uh, one of our biggest concern was the, um, you know, the lack of linebacker experience at that position. And now that, you know, we lost Shane Simon, Maris Leifau, Paul Moala, like we're very thin. I know Drew White is someone that we could rely on, but he can only do so much. I mean, we used to do the, I mean, we've gone through this before where, we see linebackers play like every down. Tavon Coney, Drew Tranquil sure. are co- the people that come to mind. But um, and people are kind of freaking about Xavier Watts moving to Rover. I know that he played linebacker in high school, so he's very familiar with that position. So I think uh, once he gets caught up to speed, he should be fine there. So I think physically he is built for a, a linebacker, a Rover type position. So he should be fine once he gets caught up to speed. But, yeah, for the most part, it's uh, the linebacker death because if if someone gets hurt in that position again, then we might be really in big trouble. 
By the way, the wee wee wee. He's on the team over here. Now. <laughs> uh, but I, I, we do we do project uh, Ilya is the the fan base. That's so, true. So, Ryder so. Garzy, the former Notre Dame lacrosse player, he tweeted actually earlier this week. He's saying, "If you're a fan of the team, you you have permission to say we." So nice. Never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We won't get into that debate. Now, by the way, I will point out Ilya defending Xavier Watts at linebacker. He's only 195 pounds. That is light for a linebacker. Now we know Rover is more know, out on the yeah. It's the like it's like a borderline safety in a mm-hmm. way that comes up Nickel. right, you know. So and I think that's where they projected him if he was going to be on defense was going to be a safety position. But like Jude Tranquil is a former mm-hmm. former safety playing Rover. Paul Mall was a former safety playing Rover. So uh, I think it makes sense in that regard. Uh, my issue, Kevin, with this mm-hmm. is the wide receiver depth as a result of this because here's why. Yes. They are really good at the wide receiver position. We'll talk about that, right? Yep. But you're you're down to seven, three are freshmen, and oh by the way, your top two are really injury prone. True. In Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin, one of those two guys go down. All of a sudden, you're moving somebody else back from defense to offense to make it work. So ooh, I don't know which <laughs> side's worse. It's a dangerous. They really could have used Lawrence Keys not deciding. Nah, this is not for me. But he did, he barely got any snaps last week. He probably seeing he's taking eighteen credits this semester yeah. now to graduate early and probably will transfer and get to play yeah, somewhere the whole else. Portal tra- transfer yeah, portal plays he, into it for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, but they could they could use him for depth. So, uh, but depth is definitely a big problem to to say the least. And I think this goes into your area. Uh, depth in another area is the offensive line and with the injury to Blake Fisher. And, and that's your biggest concern, right? Is, is Yeah, just the offensive line, especially with the left tackle going out the second half. Um, and they're just really inconsistent with the offensive line. Inside run game was really problematic, uh, to be honest. So I think part of the solution would be transitioning the today to Toledo, get a little confidence and, and run the ball a lot. Um but yeah, it was uh, it was noticeable. The strengths of last year didn't come through um, as clean as I would have thought. You know, with, with even though there are four new offensive linemen, they just didn't have that inside push. I, well, that's the thing. Four new offensive linemen, you get into the situation of oh, by the way, yes, we graduated four guys who are playing in the NFL. Yeah, well, and the frustration too. You have great running backs, but if you can't run the ball inside or the the O line isn't at the level that you're used to. You can't let that guy shine. Well, yeah. I mean, Kyron Williams, uh, he didn't rush from much of anything last week, but when he did anything, it was... On the perimeter swing. I mean, he had a bounce out, and then certainly, yeah, he caught six catches as well. But, I mean, he had a bounce out, and he made something out of nothing. Like, there's guys in the backfield, and all of a sudden, Kyron makes a nice move, and you're like, wow, what a play. And he got five yards out of it. And and that's, that's the struggle you worry about with this team. All right, um... Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a big concern, and I know you struggled with deciding which one was your bigger concern. <laughs> uh, you're like, let me get back to you, and I said, don't worry, whatever you pick, I will take the other one. And clearly, the other one is, which is my vote, the defense. Yeah. And um, I did not expect what happened last week against Florida State. I did not expect the defense to fold up shop in the second half, the way it did in that fourth quarter. That was stunning to me. 
I thought uh, the aggressive style from Marcus Freeman was going to be a major positive. I'm not saying it won't be by the end of the year. By to today, grow into it, for sure. Yeah. But I didn't anticipate it being that big of a problem in week one, and they are lucky. Lucky they came away with a victory. Um, that's real problematic for, for sure for this team. Yeah, when they were rushing four or five guys, especially in the first half, they, we were having a lot of success. We had yeah. four first-half sacks, but then for some reason, Marcus Freeman went to the three-man three, three line. Was, yeah, yeah and, it was and, problematic. And uh, Mike Norvell, he really uh, likes to accentuate the run. He That's how he gets his offense going. He's like, okay, we'll take eight yards you know, a play every time. And then once we try to get back, we just – it was too late. Yeah, they, we were on our heels the entire time, fourth quarter. So, Well, and the old defense coordinator for two years, they were so disciplined. And, you know, they always had four down linemen or they'd rush six, like in passing situations. And I guess, you know, putting a new defense coordinator in, he's going to try his own spin. But for sure the linebackers fit better and everything kind of worked better when it was a little bit more uh, – of what the old style was. Well, and 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 we'll go back to Ilya's point about linebacker depth. I've said from the beginning, my concern yeah. is the secondary depth outside of Kyle Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about him next segment, but boy, was I right when I said he was the most important player to the team? Um, because he's that much more important important now with the way he's playing. Yeah. Um, but again. That secondary is ooh, razor thin itself. Linebacker now sure. razor thin. They got a lot of depth on the defensive line. So we you know. don't want a sub package where you have three defensive linemen in and you know lots oh, of DBs right. and linebackers you like that. Just play more does not make sense. You yeah, want to play more defensive linemen because you have a lot of them. Okay, yeah. uh, our poll was what's your biggest concern, and uh, the votes are in. And okay, no surprise, injuries piling up. Forty three percent want it. Defense was second at. 30% offensive line run game was 25%. I threw in another because probably people are just mad at Brian Kelly for whatever. Um, and maybe saying that he would ex- – we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. All right. Um, so there we go. Uh, real quick, talking about concerns, are we worried about Michael Mayer at all with his two drops? No. No, I'm high expectations because he's so good. But he, you know, he is human. He had some drops. Some of his blocking was on and good, and some of it was uh, pretty bad first game stuff. So yeah, he, he played in that inside run game. I'm not worried, issue. and I think it's very helpful. That the next few games are going to be at home yeah. because he won't be in that hostile environment, and at least he can get his head on straight. Because the worry is more mental at this point. He's going to start thinking about it. Well, he's um, young, too. Yeah, I mean, he's still only a sophomore, <laughs> for crying out loud. Um, I'm not worried about him, and I think it will help that he gets it on. It's it's good that they're not, you know, at, you know, Wisconsin this week or whatever. Yeah. I know that that's a neutral site game, but just as an example. All right, most pleased with, Kevin, what do you got? I'd say the quarterback play. Um, you know, the transfer, he, he did a great job. The one stat they thought was funny, he had 366 yards, the most passing yards in a season opener. He beat. Tommy Reese's old record, so his coordinator, that's pretty cool. Um, but again, I, he's, yeah, he, he he was higher than my expectations, I guess. He he threw the ball really well, made good decisions. Um, he did get sacked a couple times, so that's kind of more on the offensive line. He's not going to take the game over like in the end book and run around and make a crazy play, um, but he's definitely not going to hurt you. And, and, I mean, 26 of 35, 366 yards, four touchdown passes, and then... It's a throwaway, I Yeah, the I mean. Hail Mary, yeah, 
INT that I don't count that against him. So yeah, really pleased with that. By the way, who had a career day for the new quarterback? And we didn't mention his name until nine nineteen on the show. That's probably be a bad job by me on this uh, <laughs> schedule rundown. That we have not mentioned Jack Cohn's name until right True. now. Uh, here's what the kid from Long Island who grew up an Irish fan had to say about his debut. Yeah, it's definitely extremely emotional. I mean, it's a dream come true, you know, for me and my family you know, to play for this university, you know, playing in an iconic place in college football like this. And to get a win like that, it's just unbelievable. And I'm, I'm so thankful for it. Jack, can you just put in perspective this first game and just uh, could you have drawn it up to be any more exciting for your, for your Notre Dame debut? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess not. I think it was a little too, ex- too exciting for my liking. Maybe to like to, you know, win by a little more or something like that is pretty stressful. Uh, but no, it was amazing. And it's definitely something I always remember. I love that answer. It was probably too exciting. You know, he <laughs> probably would have just preferred to win 38-20 in the end and not have that 18-point comeback to to have to make it work. But uh, yeah, I, I think Jack Cohn is a huge positive coming out of this game. And um, I, he was he was great. Yeah. I mean, I think he was better than I anticipated as well. Uh, Ilya, what do you got as your uh, as your most pleased with? Well, kind of the extension of what uh, Kevin said the the passing game or the wide receiver play. Um, you know that was that was a big question mark going into this game, and I think you know Kevin Austin and you know even Michael Mayer still with the two drop or three drops he still had nine catches 120 yards that's nothing he was definitely to, the target that's nothing <laughs> the favorite yeah, yeah that's nothing to scoff at but yeah you know that that was a real positive and on third and one on that third touchdown pass to Kevin Austin um you would have it was definitely running through my mind you're like run the ball usually with any other quarterback you're running the ball well, try to get that first down no they saw the one-on-one <laughs> coverage on the outside cone through a perfect pass right on the shoulder of kevin austin for a touchdown and that's when you knew you were like wow this offense could be really different i even mentioned it last week with cone and these wide receivers compared to last year we could really push the ball down the field and uh my favorite Kevin Austin play was when he actually caught, uh, caught that little out route for five yards and he just stopped on a dime, you know, with his broken leg and uh, ran for like another 15 yards. It was in the third quarter. And so that's when I knew I was like, wow, Kevin Austin, he, yeah, he's for real, like everyone's been talking about. Well, and Joe Wilkins only had one catch, but it was probably as good of a touchdown catch as you're going to have. I mean, he just uh, <laughs> he was just a man taking that ball away from uh, the defensive back from Florida State to get that touchdown. So that was a great play as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to look at the pass game as a positive. But again, uh, hopefully the depth is okay there. And yeah. that, that – because, again, Kevin Austin goes down with an injury. Brayden Lindsey goes down with an injury. And all of a sudden that wide receiver group could look like last year's real quick. And if that happens with no run game, your offense is a disaster. So, yeah, they got to make sure they avoid the injuries moving moving forward. All right, my most pleased with is they found a way to win the game. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, we've all seen the games from the last 15 years. Texas. Uh, There's you a lot of examples. A lot of examples <laughs> and we would be we're already heavy in this segment. We'd be real <laughs> they used to find a way to win lose this game for sure. Yeah. And they did an excellent job getting themselves together and still winning the game after blowing an 18-point lead. That is 
absolutely massive for this team. Yeah, when Mackenzie Milton came in, oh. it was like a Disney story. I'm no, no <laughs> pun intended on ABC, but like it was uh, through my mind when it was 38-35 and Mackenzie Milton came back out, I was like 90% sure that Notre Dame was going to lose this game because we always do, like Angelo said. I was like, this is, this is it. We're going to be a laughing stock of college football yet again. It, it felt like it, and Milton, <laughs> you almost wonder what would happen if he played more, but it did feel like the atmosphere built into that for him. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was crazy. All right, uh, you got anything else to weigh in on that? No, I, I think, I mean, the last, past four years that, that uh, we've done the radio show, they've, they've been really good, so yeah. we're fortunate. Like, yeah, it, cause four years prior, whew, yeah. that wouldn't have been that much fun. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, by the way, wild card today that we haven't talked about in terms of most concerned with, short week. Short week. Yeah. And whether or not that ends up playing a factor that these guys are more tired than we realize. Brian Kelly said it was a great week of practice, but what's he going to say? Yeah. Is he going to tell us? Ah, was really oh, he, could do, he could do the Nick Saban Retired. thing. Nick Saban got uh, after his players at, like on Wednesday, right, at his press conference. He was like, no, my, my guys suck right now. So <laughs> he could have done that. All right, fair for point. Saban, you can do anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, big thank you to Tyrac for all the support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college-level internship experience helping out with our broadcasts of high school football. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. Okay, we are well over time in this segment, so still to come, you have to be very pleased with kicker Jonathan Dorr. We speak to the Irish kicker about his game-winning kick and his powerful Catholic faith. But up next, Kyle Hamilton. Is he Superman? We discuss next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Elevate 150 financial checkups at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Here's how it works. Go online and schedule a 30-minute phone call. They'll guide you through your credit report to find ways to improve your financial health. Then they'll send $150 in your name to Redeemer Radio. For information, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash Elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU. And as you heard, Redeemer Eagles Fall share begins on Tuesday. Irish fans, we got an extra incentive for you. Make a donation of $300. You'll be entered into our raffle to win two tickets to the Notre Dame USC night game on October 23rd. The tickets are in the lower bowl, section 21, row 11, retail value for the pair of tickets, $650, and they're going for even higher on the secondary market. You don't have to wait until share to make your donation. You can do so right now. Just head to RedeemerRadio.com. Click on the Give Now button to the share link. All right, uh, and if you can't donate $300, we get it. You want to throw in 25 bucks to the pool? Every little bit helps to help raise money for Redeemer Radio and keep Catholic Radio going strong here in Michiana. All right, Notre Dame home opener today against Toledo here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame has won 24 straight home games, second longest streak in college football. The Irish have won nine straight openers you know, they haven't won 10 in a row. I thought this was a great stat. They have not won 10 straight in a row to open the season at home since 64-73 under Eric Parsegan. So that is <laughs> a <going> back. <laughs> that is a stat right there. Now, granted, I mean, there's, it's got to be 10-year period. So yeah. there's only a certain amount of time you can do it. But uh, And today, of course, Kevin, the first time they get to play in front of a packed house 
at Notre Dame Stadium since 2019. It's it should be fun over there. Yeah, there should be lots of energy. I mean, it is, uh, you know, a game against a Mac team, which, again, I was a Mac coach, so I respect that. They're going to give their best game, but it'll be, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. <laughs> and if it's close early on, then it'll probably be a pin drop because they're going to be all nervous. Yep. All right, here's uh, Michael Mayer and Brian Kelly on the excitement of playing at home today. I'm expecting some rowdy fans. I'm expecting um, um, a packed stadium for sure, and um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be nice to not have – um, 80,000 people yelling in your ear on third and three. So, first of all, we just need our fans to be, you know, as loud and um, as uh, excited about uh, being in that stadium as, um, you know, we are and, and, and just welcome us back uh, from a long layoff. And, 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 I, you know, we look. We, we expect that, so I'm not, you know, challenging anybody, but um, this is big for us. We, we haven't experienced this kind of um, environment in quite a long time, so um, it's a big game. It's, uh, it's the first opportunity for us to show our home um, crowd what we look like, uh, and, um, you know, we just want them to, to be out there in full force. <laughs> I love Michael Mayer saying uh... – It'd be nice not to have that rowdy crowd against you this time. Uh, So pretty funny there. Um, Okay. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, is he Superman? He's pretty close. (laughs) He's he's really fun to watch. I mean, he does some amazing things. And I think we better enjoy him this year because he's probably going pro. Uh, I mean, (laughs) that second interception was ludicrous. It it just shouldn't have happened. Number one overall pick. I mean, it's going to be a shame of how someone else is going to be. He should be. He's the best athlete on the field i mean i don't know everybody in the country to be honest but i mean he's unbelievable and i'd be stunned if he's not a top five pick at the very least i mean what he did out there is special on that second interception yeah all right i mean here's what isaiah foskey i i say superman i'm stealing from isaiah foskey so here's what isaiah foskey and brian kelly had to say about kyle hamilton's second interception i just see him screaming across the field i'm like right from the near hash all the way to the ball. But that was crazy. He covers so much now. I was just saying he's like Superman out there. Gosh. I mean, there's only – I mean, I, I don't – look, it's hard to put superlatives in, you know, that kind of play. There's only a few people that can make a kind of play like that with his length and his size. Um, you know, when you watch it again from the, the – we have the end zone copy. I mean, I don't know how he got to the ball. So, um I, I, I'll, I won't say any more. Oh, come on. I would have taken my helmet off, too. <laughs> I mean, that was one heck of a play. Kudos to Chuck Freebie from WHV for goading Kelly into giving his honest response. Uh, yeah, Kyle Hamilton did get a penalty for ripping off his helmet, yeah. but he I started, mean, it's fine. He started from the other hash mark. Incredible. You wouldn't even expect him to be able to get an, an assist like a normal player, and he jumped in front of the ball. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, I don't know why he didn't return it for a touchdown. I mean, come on. Well, he was thinking about taking his helmet off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, game's up Peacock today. Mm-hmm. You got your uh, Peacock downloaded on the old uh yeah, I had my, my sophomore in high school daughter help me make See? sure that I was all dialed in. 
So there you go, folks. What are you, 45? Only 47. 47. 47. Wow. Getting up there. <laughs> 47. So if you're a little older than that, a little younger than that, you need a little help from people. It's okay. Yeah, that's the younger generation. Uh, it's okay. You can get them to help out. They know how to do this stuff. Uh, if you have Comcast, by the way, it's free. You know, nice. hit, hit the microphone on there and just yell Peacock on it, and uh, <laughs> you get it for free. If not, it's going to cost you five bucks. Uh, phone a friend, relative, teenager to help you out. Uh, probably a trial run for Notre Dame. We're not going to get into that because I'll yell at Ilya like we did on text messages this week. Um, <laughs> uh, Notre Dame did this, we remember, with NBC Sports Network back in 2013 and 2014 to help NBC out. Mm-hmm. I think it's about that as much as anything. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, streaming will be a factor in media deals moving forward. I still think... They're going to want to keep the most eyeballs on Notre Dame football because that's what's most important for the university. They, they, they've they been built in the last 30 years on people being able to see Notre Dame football and then thus knowing what Notre Dame is and then people coming to Notre Dame as students. And I think they're going to want to do that. But this will be an interesting adventure moving forward. And it's Toledo. So it'll be interesting to see how many people actually end up watching the game mm-hmm. on Peacock. All right. Uh, I would let you guys respond, but we don't have too much time. And I know if Ilya does, we're going to be out of time. It's not fair. <laughs> Still to come, we break down the matchup with Toledo. And up next, Jonathan Dorr was the hero last week with the game-winning field goal to beat Florida State in overtime. He's our Focus on Faith guest as he talks about the big field goal last week and how his Catholic flake faith has grown stronger by being a student at Notre Dame. That's next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Listen to Redeemer Radio's Fall share September 14th through 17th and be inspired by stories of how our local Catholic radio station is impacting the faith lives of people across our diocese. Then become a part of that mission by lending your support. We strive to create encounters with Christ for those who are lost, confused, or searching. Help us respond to this call and support Redeemer Radio's Fall share September 14th through 17th. I was I was so confident he was gonna make that really because Coach Kelly has been blasting that that fight song in our ear all week long and he's made multiple kicks from that distance and further in practice so it's just uh, it's honestly I feel like quieter um, when he actually kicked it than when Coach Kelly was playing it's a little it's a little much in practice but uh, it prepared him for the situation obviously and um, that's just such a great way for him to build confidence coming into the season as we get further into the season and get in bigger games than this. Um, hopefully down the road, he'll execute the way he did tonight. That is Kyle Hamilton on Jonathan Doerr kicking the game-winning field goal as Notre Dame won 41-38. Doerr had a couple of field goals in the game and it was big, especially you know last year down the stretch. It was a little dicey. He wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't kicking as well as he had been uh, at the beginning of the season. Certainly not the way he was kicking uh, two years ago. And and to see Jonathan Dorr getting off to that kind of start is very big for this team. To know you have you know that reliability there from your field goal kicker. Yeah, well, the coaches can have confidence in him. The uh, his players, I mean, Kyle Hamilton, that's awesome. Uh, but also his confidence, right? Moving yeah. forward, it's going to be really big. Well, and I, 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 he's our focus on faith guest this week, and I, I talked to him about that, and and also we talked about the fact that he wasn't really even supposed to be here 
because if it wasn't for the COVID rule, he wouldn't have had the extra year of eligibility to play this season. Uh, he loves Notre Dame and the experience as a player and, and to grow academically and spiritually comes from a devout Catholic family. His mom was ecstatic when Notre Dame was uh, the choice for him. And when you put it all together, coming back, starting the season with a game-winning field goal against Florida State, it doesn't get much better than that. Here's Focus on Faith with Jonathan Dore. All right, Jonathan, take us back to last Sunday. Before the actual kick, the moments before, you're running onto the field, what's going through your mind? You know, when I'm running onto the field, not a ton's going through my mind. You know, by that time, I'd kind of done all the thinking. You know, I needed, I'd done all the visualizing and, and, and all, all the things that I usually do to prepare myself for a kick. So, you know, in that, in that moment, I was pretty calm. I was pretty comfortable. And I was just, you know, excited to see what was going to happen and just kind of try to let it happen. How do you prepare for that actual kick once you're out there? Do you have a special ritual that you go through? And does it change at all based on the scenario? Obviously, it's a little different right. game-winning field goal attempt in overtime versus, you know, a first-quarter kick or something like that. It, this, the, my, my routine never changes, you know. Um, my ritual never changes. Obviously, like, you know, there may be some more. I mean, my heart might be pounding a little harder. There might be a little bit more adrenaline. But in terms of what I'm thinking about or what I'm doing, you know, I try to be pretty consistent with that, um, regardless of, of time of game or, you know, importance of the kick. All right, so what do you do? Take us through the routine. Well, I get out there. I like to look at, I, I look at the uprights and look where I want the ball to go based on, you know, where I am on the field. I tap Jay, my holder, on, his, on the head. And then I go back three steps, two to the right, look up, pick my, look at my spot again, deep breath, give him a nod, and we're ready to go. All right, take us through the kick. Mm -hmm. And at what point you realized it was good and just the whole scenario with the celebration and everything? Yeah, uh, I felt like it was good pretty quickly. Um, I didn't look at the ball that long. Uh, you know, there was no wind in Florida that night, so I felt once, once I kicked it, I felt pretty confident where it was going to go. Um, and, and in the celebration, you know, I, I, I saw the guys running and I knew the guys were kind of following me. I wanted to bring everybody over to our, to our fans so we could celebrate in front of our fans who made the trip. What's that moment like uh, to help your team win in overtime in a raucous atmosphere like that? How special of a feeling is that? It feels great uh, to, to be a part of a win like that, uh, you know, a win that we had to get out on the road. Uh, first win of the season, first game of the season, obviously. It meant a lot. And uh, with the fans being back, you know, and to, to be in that type of atmosphere, um, it's kind of what you dream about. It's kind of why you, you know, why, why you become a kicker, honestly. So it, it's something that obviously I'll remember for a long time. And obviously you were not really supposed to be in this position, right? If it wasn't for the extra COVID rule, you would not be, exactly. in this, be in this position. So how much did it make it so worth your decision to say, coming back? I mean, it, it doesn't get better than this in, in game one. Yeah, I mean, game one, for sure, you know, I, I came back for more, for more than just game one, obviously. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a blessing in disguise for me to have this opportunity to come back. And, and I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to come back to Notre Dame and, and, and continue to try to better myself, you know, obviously with football. But but academically and spiritually as well. Notre Dame kicker Jonathan Doerr joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. You mentioned grow spiritually. Uh, let's talk about your faith a little bit and, and you know, how much pride you take in being being a Catholic. Yeah, well, that, that's something I was, I was raised with. My mother, my mother especially, has always taken that very seriously. You know, we never missed Mass as a family growing up. That's something we did together, which I always liked. And... I never really thought that was going to be a big part of my college experience. I thought I was going to be like a lot of people and just kind of, you know, grow up with it, but then move on. Um, but when I had the opportunity to come here, you know, and I saw how much it meant to my mom, you know, and my family in general, my dad as well, and, and, and I knew that this was a place for me, then, then I realized I, I actually had a chance to grow that in college, which, which is kind of what happened. Um, and, and just being in this atmosphere, you know, around the other students, you know, dorm mass is one of the things I always enjoyed, you know, just getting to spend time, you know, at mass with with your close friends was something I never experienced before, and it's something. But but those 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 memories I'll have those forever. 
So it, it's, it's meant the world to me to, to get to grow my faith in college. And, and I've needed that, you know, throughout the ups and downs of football and school here. How much did your mom love the fact that you came to Notre Dame? You kind of hinted at that. Can you take us through that? She was, she started, like, she basically started crying when we were in the Basilica. She loved it so much. And, you know, when you come here for the first time and you realize how beautiful everything is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it truly is breathtaking. And, and I knew pretty quickly that this was the place for me as well. You know, she didn't make that decision for me. I, I, you know, I 100% made it. It was an easy decision for me. But it, it also feels good when you can make a decision like that that your family feels proud of and is happy about. What are the spots, you mentioned the Basilica, what are the spots on campus that you enjoy going to to kind of grow your faith? I go to the Grotto a lot. When I was on campus, I lived in Stanford Hall, which is about, you know, five-minute walks. So I would go there a couple times a week, and it was a great, it was a great place to go, whether I had a good day, a bad day, um, or I could just kind of relax and reset, you know, and enjoy the, you know, the ambiance of where I was and, and just kind of try to be thankful that, you know, like I said, regardless of how things were going, I was still at a place where I was happy, a place where I, where I felt like I belonged, a place where I was growing, whether I knew it or not, and, and just try to reflect positively and, and, and just be thankful for what I've been given. Where do you feel your faith is at now versus kind of when you arrived here? Uh, it's certainly grown a lot. I think doing what I do, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't really look at it as pressure, but, you know, a lot of people do. And, you know, it, for all of us here, it, this place, Notre Dame, asks a lot of you, you know. Um, and so my faith is important to me. I don't I, I, because, you know, of all the external stuff going on around me, I can try to, I can do the best I can to maintain, you know, who I am as a person, you know, who I am through God. And, and just, and like I said before, just realize that, you know, no matter how I kick, you know, no matter how well I do in school, that, you know, I'm still, I'm still put on the earth to be more than that. And, and that, that's the biggest thing is it, it, it calms me down. It's, it's a calming aspect amid, amidst all the, the hectic, the hectic things going on around me. I wanted to ask you about how your faith maybe helps you in football. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've had some tough moments over the mm -hmm. years. Uh, you know, early on, missing yeah. some extra points. Last year, some field goals you probably wish you had another crack at. Did you did you use your faith afterwards to, in, in some form, to get you back on track? Of course. Well, you, like I said, you just kind of I, I try to remember that that what I do on the football field doesn't define who I am. That's that's not God. I, God doesn't see me and look at me as a football player, you know. So, you know, when you, when I think about it like that, and I can kind of take a step back and look at the whole view and look at who I'm supposed to be as a person, who I want to be as a person, how to try, how I try to live my love, how I try to live my life, I can detach myself from how I'm playing at that moment. How you know, from, from the more, let's say, like minuscule, not 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 minuscule, but the, the the more mundane things in my life that don't always define who I am and, and that helps a lot especially you know when when there's a lot of like I said out, outside people just, just things that kind of take you away from trying to be the person who you're, who you're supposed to be um, it's great to have have you know for me to have my faith that I can reset when times are you know when times are tough. Jonathan Doerr joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays our focus on faith interview he had the game-winning kick of course over Florida State uh, I would imagine that's your favorite moment of your uh, career so far? One of them. I'll have to reflect when I'm done playing. Uh, you know, hopefully, we, hopefully I, I can add a couple more to that. Let, let's go back to some of those difficult moments you've had in the past. What was harder to go through? The early years when you you, you were getting the opportunities and there's that mixed extra point, or or last year when you've arrived, you know, and it seemed like you couldn't miss, and then all of a sudden there's a couple kicks that aren't going in. What which which year was really harder for you? When I was younger, because I, I didn't know how to deal with it at, at that point, it was kind of like like a lot of like a lot of us, you know, you come to college and you know it changes for you, you know, and it's all of a sudden stuff that was easy for you is more difficult. Um, so you know, in that time, I had to lean on my family a lot more. Um, I was just kind of searching for answers, 
Whereas opposed to last year when I started a little bit, like, you know, obviously it was unfortunate. I was down a little bit, but, you know, I was old enough to know that this is part of life. You know, this is not going to last forever. You know, I'm more than this. I can get over this. And um, that, that it, it, you know, it, it's just part of life. So I think certainly when I was younger, but I'm, I'm glad I had those struggles. I needed those struggles. Um, I, 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 I somewhat, I look back on those somewhat fondly now, you know, knowing that, like, I wouldn't be the person I, I, I've kind of come to be and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't love Notre Dame the way I do and I wouldn't respect those moments if I didn't grow from them and I needed those moments to grow. Did you need Sunday to officially get over the hump of last year? No, I didn't. I wasn't really putting a lot of pressure on this season. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to look back. I didn't want to put pressure on the season from that sense. Okay. I came back because I, you know, I love being on this team. I love the school. I enjoy being here. Um, obviously, I want to get better as a football player. Obviously, I want to do a good job. But I didn't like. I wasn't. I, I didn't look at it as like a big like unfinished business thing. You know, I. Uh, I thought. I, I always. I always thought there was a lot more to my decision than just trying to overcome my struggles at the end of last year. When football's over, what's what's the future hold for for John Doerr? I don't know yet. Uh, I'm doing a master's program right now in management, trying trying to figure out that ex- trying to answer that exact question. So um, that's the beauty of Notre Dame. You come here. There's a lot of different things you can do with this degree. Um, and, and I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. I really don't have an answer for you. What will it be like to get back in front of the home crowd, um, in front of a huge home crowd, maybe, you know, 80,000 people again, yeah. experience that, you know, if last year was, in fact, your last year, the way it was supposed to be, you right. wouldn't have had that opportunity. Exactly. And, and that's, another, that's, like, that's another reason, you know, to experience that again, to experience things like, you know, the player walk, which I've always, I've always loved getting to see my family on that. And, you know, the little, the little intricacies of game day that, that, are, that are special. You know, the things that only we know, like the chance the students do and, you know, and the, and the things that, that go on on the video board at certain times of the game that, that I've kind of, you know, grown to enjoy since I've been here. You know, getting to see those things and obviously getting to see 80,000 people back enjoying their Saturday in South Bend. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that, and I, as everybody is, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And finally, a real important question. Mm-hmm. Jonathan or John? Which do you prefer? We've been saying Jonathan for five years, but I I, I tell people to say Jonathan because Jonathan is my full name. That's what that's you know that's the name that my parents gave me. So that's what you know when people are on TV saying my name or the announcers in the stadium. I I, I try to go by Jonathan, but if you know me personally, I sh- I feel like I shouldn't ask you or burden you to call me Jonathan when you can just call me John and save a lot of time. All right. Well, so then I should should continue to call you Jonathan in our radio interviews <laughs> and on our shows. There you go. That, that works with me. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jonathan Dorr, our Focus <laughs> on Faith guest. Now, we did determine afterwards even more, though, if I see him at, at the game, I could say, hi, John. Nice. But if I talk about him on the radio, then I refer to him as Jonathan Dorr. Uh, great interview. Great to hear from him. Game-winning kick last week and obviously a strong Catholic faith. Yeah. Uh, Again, I love this this section of the the deal. It's neat to just hear and learn some more about people. But um, awesome to come back and just be a part of the whole thing. Uh, you know, as a Notre Dame player, and then can't get much better start than winning an overtime game against Florida State. The only game on on Sunday night for an opener. It's yeah, pretty positive. That's pretty pretty, pretty cool good. way to, uh, to to make the decision to come back and have that experience. So uh, and. It, Great to have uh, current Notre Dame players back on Focus on Faith. We appreciate Notre Dame making that happen for us again this season. All right. I uh, want to let you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for over 80 years. Get a debit or credit card for Notre Dame FCU and take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Member-owned, not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's our game day sprint. 
21 returning starters for Toledo. Two quarterbacks. What can we expect? We break it down next in Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Welcome to Tom's Car Care Center. Thanks. I'm here for an oil change. How long do you think it'll take? I need to finish up some work and then stop and pick up lunch somewhere. Well, if you need to work, we have free Wi-Fi here at Tom's Car Care. And our Coffee Spot Cafe has great choices from soups to sandwiches, salads and wraps, and a great place to sit down and enjoy your food. Really? I can do all that here at Tom's Car Care? Sure. You can even run your car through the Waterworks Car Wash after we're done. Wow, what a time saver. Thank you. Tom's Car Care has it all. Tom's Car Care. The Coffee Spot Cafe and the Waterworks Car Wash, located at 3201 Sugar Maple Lane in South Bend. Notre Dame ranked 8th in the country, home opener today at 2.30 p.m. kickoff on the Peacock, not on NBC. First ever meeting between Notre Dame and Toledo. Notre Dame defeated Florida State 41-38 in overtime. Toledo beat Norfolk State 49-10. Notre Dame on a short week playing from Sunday. Toledo, 21 returning starters, the favorite to win the MAC. Only played six games last year. They were 4-2. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about Toledo. What concerns me the most is, you know, the two quarterback situation again. Um, you know, I, I think that they are um, very difficult. Uh, they, they've got a very good scheme that, uh, you know, puts each of those two quarterbacks in a position where they can make plays. They've got receivers that um, are skilled, run very good routes. But I think their offense is set up with their offensive line. Um you know, the, the center, um, the left guard, the left tackle is their power five um, offensive lineman. So when you have a really good offensive line, uh, really good scheme uh, offensively, um, two really good uh, quarterbacks, um, veteran uh, defensive players uh, that returned from last year. Like I said, this is a very mature football team. Uh, 2019, they beat BYU, who we know – um, had some very talented players on. Um, they get your attention. Kevin, your thoughts on Toledo? Well, I think they're well coached. Um, they're going to take some chances, like they blocked two punts in their opening game, so they'll be good in all three phases. The, I think the crazy thing is that they took advantage of that rule, so they have all their starters back. They have experience. They played together. Um, they had 60 letter winners <laughs> come back off on their roster. So they're going to be uh, experienced but there's going to be some physical mismatches. Absolutely. By the way, two quarterbacks. Number two, when he's in the game, Carter Bradley, he's throwing the ball. Number seven, Daquan Finn, when he's in the game, he's running it. So if you want to look out for it's those the numbers. the trend this year, yeah. the two-quarterback system. So uh, keep that in mind when those guys are out there. Offensive line returns every starter from last year. But – uh, 21 starters. I should have looked up what was the one position that was not a returning starter. <laughs> Maybe this uh, transfer, the running back. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, uh, their quarterback, Samuel Womack, probably, I assume, will be the one matching up with Kevin Austin. He's considered the best cornerback in the MAC, so we'll see how he can handle that. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. What, uh, what, are, what are your keys to the game here, Kevin? I think Notre Dame offense has to just – grind it out and get the run game going have to do better than 1.9 yards per rush um and then also it's a chance to get the other wide receivers involved not just um targeting michael Mayer. uh Ilya, your keys to the game uh my key to the game is to uh coach coach the entire game you know when Notre Dame <laughs> went up 38 20 last week you know we were all saying oh hey this like we look good and then we let the game uh slip away well almost slip away from us so you know when we're up if we're up you know by 18 three possessions 
you know, keep it going. So. All right, my key to the game is no more injuries. You're not losing today, but if you lose any more players, this game may cost you uh, a different game down the road. Uh, game prediction, Kevin, what do you got? I think Notre Dame 46-14. All right, so I you're going to get after him today. You're you're pretty confident on them blowing the doors down on them. I think it'll be a great first half, but, yeah, I think okay. they'll get after him. Fair enough. Uh, for entertainment purposes only, the over-under is a 55, and I think Notre Dame is going to get really close to that. So I'm going to go 52-17 Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame's going to get really close to it on his own, <laughs> he said. I'm going to go 40-24. to This says all the makings of that Ball State game from a mm -hmm. few years ago, which means it'll probably be 62 nothing, um, because anytime we actually think it goes one way, then it ends up going the other way. But I, I do fear that the short week will play a little bit of a factor. Um, the experience of Toledo, too. I mean, not right. <laughs> they're well coached and they're all back. Again. And I will say this: if Notre Dame is not up twenty-one nothing in the second quarter or first quarter, that crowd's going to be quiet because they're going to yeah. be nervous, and it won't be a home field advantage because of that reason. Any other game, they're going to be into it, but because it's Toledo, they're going to get real concerned mm. if they're not up early. If they're if they're up early, the crowd's going to have a lot of fun. They're going to be real into it, and Notre Dame's going to roll to a big victory. So we will see what happens here today. That will do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glassman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Toledo, 2.30 kickoff this afternoon on Peacock. And we will, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our pregame the same way the Irish close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes Wednesdays at noon for a new episode of Truth and Charity. Each week he has a conversation with host Kyle Hyman about scripture, the lives of the saints, and issues affecting Catholics today. Listen to episodes anytime by going to RedeemerRadio.com or search for Truth and Charity on the Apple, Google, or Spotify podcast apps. Then share your favorite with a friend. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.